0: And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free when you go to the website, HollywoodTakeover.com slash S-E-A-N. Hey, what if your home's title, which is the legal document that proves you own your home, is in some criminal's name? Well, that's called home title theft, and criminals all over the world can find your home's title online, and then they'll forge your signature. They'll take out loans against your home, or even worse, sell your home. Now, how do you know some criminal not taken over the title to your home? You can find out with sign-up at HomeTitleLock.com and use the promo code Sean, SEAN. Joe Biden wants you taxed to the brink, under the thumb of the IRS, and controlled with a digital dollar. That's
1: why thousands of hardworking patriotic Americans are opting out by diversifying their savings with the top-rated precious metals company, Gold Co., Right now, Goldco is offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver, but only while supplies last. So don't wait. Go to HannityGold.com to learn how to get started today. That's HannityGold.com.
0: Day number 74. 74. All right, day 74. Uh, Yeah, that would be day 87 since Joe said he wouldn't abandon Americans. Uh, Biden's speech interrupted by We Love Trump chanting in Arlington, this isn't a Trump rally. Biden, Biden mentioned, meanwhile, he mentions Donald Trump 24 times. He said, got a, a mid 30 approval rating. Why McCulloch would stupidly brought him in? I have no idea. Uh, we have a lot coming up on that in the course of the uh, program today. We'll get to, uh, a lot of news breaking. This, this, there were some amazing moments and we've been on the forefront of pointing out how the new attorney general, Merrick Garland has politicized the Justice Department, and it all started for me. It was so clear. If you remember when Georgia passed their new election integrity laws, right? And by the way, I didn't think it went far enough because they didn't include signature verification. And by the way, if you're in Georgia, in the state legislature, you need to fix that. But it had the most accessible voting laws in the country, 17 days in person, early voting, 17 days, which was more than what they had. And then they had a drop box requirement in every precinct. Um, And then they had voter ID laws. They didn't have the signature verification part, which I don't like. I think you have to have chain of custody, signature verification, chain of custody controls, updated voter rolls, partisan observers can observe the vote count start to finish. Just in integrity measures. Just like you need a picture ID to buy a beer or a pack of cigarettes or a Juul pod for me. It, well, I mean, it's ridiculous. You get go to the DNC, you go to the White House, you go to the Capitol. You need a picture ID. Now you need a vaccine passport if you want to eat dinner out anywhere in New York. Good luck getting into the restaurant if you don't have your passport. Uh, I had some friends recently going to a, a dinner at a restaurant in New York, and unfortunately, one of them didn't have their passport. They could they had they couldn't go. They had to turn around and walk away. Um, and the person was. Accident. Anyway, remember, Merrick Garland then decides to go after and target politically the state of Georgia. Now, Joe Biden, for the five million years that he's now represented Delaware, not one time over the course of his career did he ever try to make voting in Delaware more accessible for the people of Delaware. Never lifted a finger. Unlike Georgia, Delaware has zero in-person early voting days. Georgia's got 17. They don't have a single drop box in Delaware. Every precinct in Georgia has one. Both states have voter ID requirement. So now the main question is, well, why would Merrick Garland go after Georgia? Because the answer is obvious. He politicized the Justice Department. And now the whole issue came to the forefront again on this issue of of looking at, and the letter that needs to be rescinded from the Department of Justice, you know, authorizing the FBI to be looking at moms and dads showing up at school board meetings. And by the way, if you show up, you can be passionate. I would urge you to be respectful. Um, you certainly can't threaten anybody, but that would be an issue for local police, that, that they would handle that in their sleep. It's not a big issue. If something happens, somebody gets out of control, they if they in any way act inappropriately or, you know, start cursing people, they'll be removed. And if they make threats, they'll be arrested, as they should be anyway. So a lot of fireworks today. I mean, really great moments uh, from people like Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley. Uh, Senator Tom Cotton just leveled. I mean, leveled. Merrick Garland, listen.
2: Okay, so even in that case, what what is the National Security Division, Judge? The National These are the people that are supposed to be chasing jihadists and Chinese spies. What does the National Security Division have to do with parents at school boards?
3: This is not again about parents at school boards. This is about threats of violence.
2: Okay, let me let me turn to that because you've said that phrase repeatedly throughout the morning. Threats or violence and threats of violence. Violence and threats of violence. Yeah. We've heard it a dozen times this morning. As Senator Lee pointed out, the very first line in your October 4th memorandum refers to harassment and intimidation. Why do you continue to dissemble in front of this committee that you are only talking about violence and threats of violence when your memo says harassment and intimidation?
3: Senator, I said in my testimony that it involved other kinds of criminal conduct. And, the, and I explained to Senator Lee that the uh, statutory definitions of those terms and the constitutional definitions of those terms involve threats of violence.
2: She was raped in a bathroom by a boy wearing girls' clothes. And the Loudoun County School Board covered it up because it would have interfered with their transgendered policy during Pride Month. And that man, Scott Smith, because he went to a school board and tried to defend his daughter's rights was condemned internationally. Do you apologize to Scott Smith and his 15-year-old daughter, Judge? Senator,
3: anyone whose uh, child was raped as, uh, is the most horrific crime I can imagine and is certainly entitled and protected by the First Amendment to c- protest to their school board about this. But he
2: was cited was... by the School Board Association fine, as a domestic not... terrorist, which we now know. That letter and those reports were the basis for your judgment. No, th- this no, is, Senator, this is wrong. Shameful. Judge, that's... this is shameful. This here. This testimony, your directive, your performance is shameful. That's not. But thank God you are not on the Supreme Court. You should resign in disgrace, judge.
0: You should resign in disgrace, judge. Thank God you're not on the Supreme Court. Wow. And it, I mean, it was Kennedy. It was Hawley. It was Cotton, who you just heard there. It was Senator Cruz. I mean, these guys were on fire today in, in all the right ways. Um, We have a lot going on in the course of the program we're going to get to. Uh, we've got now a Project Veritas video we'll get to later with, uh, with James O'Keefe, the founder, CEO of the Democratic governor of New Jersey. Now, I don't know why Governor Murphy of New Jersey, nor do I know why Governor Wolf of Pennsylvania, both signed the exact same executive order as Andrew Cuomo, both with the same results, dead people, because of the nursing home scandal. And they they seem to have been able to skirt responsibility for this. What's fascinating, though, in New Jersey is now undercover videos emerged where top advisors to the governor of New Jersey, Murphy, you know, are saying, "Oh yeah, no, we're going to have mandates after uh, the election, but we we were not going to tell the people in New Jersey beforehand." Now, Emerson College from ten days ago had a poll showing. That it was a six point race. It was actually a four point race if you looked at likely voters and you know, where that people were breaking pretty heavily against the incumbent Murphy. Now, do I think New Jersey's in play? I'm not convinced. Do I believe the Commonwealth of Virginia is in play? I do. It's still a hard state to win. I don't, I, I'm not Pollyannish about elections until the votes are counted. Until the results are in, um, I just don't get Pollyannish. I'm analyzing it objectively and credible polls. When I look in the the weeds and the details, this is a winnable race uh, for Yunkin down in, in the Commonwealth of Virginia. That I believe. But it's, you know, a lot of factors that I don't control that will ultimately make the decision here. You know, one thing I can tell you, bringing in Joe Biden does not exactly help Terry McAuliffe. You know, not and then, then trying to tr- the twenty-four times he's trying to say, oh, that you know, Yunkin is Donald Trump. No, he's not. He's he's Yunkin. He's been a businessman his whole life, and you know, or or getting lectures and sco- being scolded by Barack Obama on the issue of oh, this is just a trumped-up you know social uh wedge issue on schools. No, it's not. Parents want involvement in their kids' education. By the way, and then look at the economy, because the people in the Commonwealth of Virginia are suffering like the rest of us. And Biden now is off to Glasgow for the climate summit. Apparently, according to one report out there, the Congressional Quarterly Transcript, Jen Psaki is saying, yeah, he plans on begging OPEC to point to to pump more oil again. They've already rejected him. Why don't you ask Texas, Oklahoma, North Dakota and Alaska? That's where I would go. And trust me, when when you see the price of your turkey is up 70% this year, um, and you see that everything you buy for Thanksgiving, making it the most expensive Thanksgiving meal in the history of the holiday, Americans aren't going to like it. Just like Americans don't like pay more for gas and heating and cooling their homes and every item they buy at every store that they go to. There's one poll that has now come out. And it shows that Democrats' independence have lost faith in Biden's ability to fix the economy. That, 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 that's just the beginning of it. Home prices jump now a record 19.9%. Axios has a piece out. The sticker shock is there will be no holiday bargains this year and many out-of-stock items. And their answer is, well, we're not UPS and FedEx. And their answer is you should shop in October for Christmas. And their answer is, well, tough luck. You're not going to get 15 colors to choose from, but you'll probably be able to get something. The supply chain woes, they're not going away. Even Lawrence Summers acknowledging that inflation is here to stay. I mean, this this is impacting everyone. We now add to that, then you have the vaccine mandate requirements. Okay, now we're going to lose tens of thousands of military personnel, and medical professionals and nurses and teachers and cops and firemen, first responders. It, it will cripple the entire country in ways you're not imagining here. I mean, it, it's not, we're not debating vax or don't vax anymore. The people that have decided they're willing to give up their salary, give up their benefits and give up their retirement. I don't see that there's much room there to convince them they've made up their mind for whatever reason. And the fact that nobody's thinking about a plan B of accommodation where you can guarantee safety in the workplace and let these people keep their jobs is somewhat mind numbing. Also so desperate to find staff. Some fast food restaurants now are recruiting customers. Hey, we're starting in 15 bucks an hour. Uh, how much do you make on your current job? I mean, part of it's funny, but on the other side of it, you know, there are restaurants. I passed a restaurant the other day, said closed because there was shortage of workers. It literally said it right on the door. Then you add inflation to all of this. By the way, who's being impacted, negatively impacted the most? Poor and middle class Americans. The people that can least afford this. They cannot afford this to happen. You know, Raytheon CEO saying this, this vaccine mandate is going to disrupt the supply chain even further. Most Americans don't trust Biden uh, and and don't think he has any ability to pull us out of this post-COVID mess that he, uh, frankly, a lot of it is be of his own making here. You know, Democrats next year may end up being, it. you know, at what point do they say, you know what, we got to change course here. Hasbro has now taken a hundred million dollar hit because of supply chain disruptions. A hundred million dollars—I mean, that is an awful lot of money. California ports now announce new fees as offshore traffic jam out there worsens, and rightly, Ron DeSantis is saying, "Hey, come to Florida. We'll get it. We'll 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 get those ships emptied." Disney is now. High ticket prices, and some days it will cost as much as 164 bucks a day. I mean, I don't go to Disney anymore, thank God. My kids are older; if they want to go, they can go by themselves. But none of this is good. None of the it's and it's and it's hurting the people that can least afford it. Let me go to Josh Hawley with Merrick Garland from earlier today. I mean, he was great. You know, whenever Republicans show backbone and fight, I'm like, finally, they're understanding it. One thing Donald Trump gave the Republican Party is a spine. That's why it was so stupid for Mitch McConnell to cave on the debt ceiling. There was no need to do it. He said for two straight months, nope, we're not going to do it, not going to do it. Two days before he gets, you know, 11 Republicans to do it. I played Tom Cotton earlier. Here's Josh Hawley. Ted Cruz also was great. So was uh, Senator Kennedy.
1: I just want to be sure I understand this. This this is a memorandum that collects 13 different federal crimes parents could be charged with. It has United States Department of Justice on the top of it. And you're telling me you haven't seen it? Who's the memo from, Senator? The United States Department of Justice, United States Attorney for the District of Montana.
3: I have not seen a memo from the District of Montana.
1: Not high enough priority for you? It's not, that's
3: not the question. I don't...
1: It is I, the question. Answer my question. Is it not a high enough priority for you when you're threatening parents with 13 different federal crimes? I, These aren't crimes of violence. You've testified today. You're focused on violence. That's not what your U.S. attorneys... They work for you. That's not what they're saying. You haven't seen it because it's not a high enough priority, or what? A
3: question of priority. No one has sent me
1: that memo, so I haven't seen it. What I've do you mean heard? no one has sent you the memo? You run the United States Department of Justice. Do you not? There
3: are 115,000 employees of the Department of Justice.
1: Indeed, and you are in charge of every one of them. General Garland, you have weaponized the FBI and the Department of Justice. Your U.S. attorneys are now collecting and cataloging all the ways that they might prosecute parents like Mr. Smith because they want to be involved in their children's education and they want to have a say in their elected officials. It's wrong. It is unprecedented, to my knowledge, in the history of this country, and I call on you to resign.
0: Wow. Tom Cotton, same thing. Thank God you're not on the U.S. Supreme Court. And that if you had any honor, you'd resign. I mean, it was, it was pretty powerful. All this going into this whole issue and it impacts Virginia. You know, the, these parents that want to say in their kids' education and they want age appropriate materials taught and they don't want CRT taught and, and parents against draconian, you know, COVID measures, et cetera. You know, now we have our Justice Department investigating them as domestic terrorists. And I don't know a thing about, well, it's your Justice Department. You're in charge. And if you don't know, you should have known. And if you don't know, you also should be fired. We'll continue.
4: This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. Plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2 of the award-winning film podcast, and this time
5: Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800 941 Sean if you want to be a part of the program. All right, so I went through now, according to Jen Saki, the president going to Glasgow is certainly quite mindful of the fact and he increased costs on the American public, but I will say that on gas prices, That's something that certainly Biden can do on the international stage, and there's a power of the president of the United States engaging in that front. Certainly putting additional pressure on OPEC is something that certainly our national security team will continue to do. Oh, so we're going to beg Vladimir. According to Senator Barrasso, we import more oil from Vladimir Putin, and we're getting more barrels of oil from Putin and Russia, Hostile actor, hostile regime. Then we are from Alaska. How stupid is Joe Biden? How dumb is this country? You know, just like Putin gets the waiver. Why don't Keystone XL pipeline workers get the waiver? And and energy and, and oil and gas companies in America, why don't they get the, wa- the, the waivers? Why are we depending on other countries for the lifeblood of our economy? And, in, and the the price of a barrel of oil now skyrocketing because Joe Biden artificially giving in to the new Green Deal radical socialists has now caused all of this by, by artificially reducing the supply. And the demand remains constant. That means the price goes up. I mean, it's humiliating. I mean, why would we beg countries that hate us? Um. On the other front here, which is this, you know, New Green Deal socialism, look, there's a lot of news out there regarding this. Manchin is saying that I think we'll get a framework of the deal. But then he said the devil is in the details and you got to see the actual text of the bill. Well, I hope he he means that. But, yeah, it sounds to me like it's just going to be a it sounds like it's going to be about half of what it was. Is that good? No, none of this is good. We can afford none of this. None of this is going to be good for the economy. You know, I tell people I'm a compassionate capitalist. What does that even mean? Democrats unveil their billionaire's tax. They're actually trying. Now, this will never go down as constitutional. There's a number of tax issues they're trying to ram in this bill that will never pass constitutional muster. One is that they have this billionaire tax and that the proposed tax would hit gains on those with more than a billion in assets or incomes of more than 100 million a year. And it could begin to shore up big social services, climate change, pay for this. All right. Now, you add that to the corporate tax increase or the 15 percent corporate minimum tax that apparently, you know, Kristen Sinema said she was against. I'm not even sure if Cinema and Mansion agree on which taxes they're going to end up supporting, but Cinema uh, and another Democrat and Joe Manchin met with Biden at the White House. Uh, no senator wants to stand up and say, "Gee, I think it's just fine for billionaires to pay little or no taxes at the end of the year," said Ron Wyden. But they're now talking about wealth confiscation, and you might think, "Oh, that's great." What do you think happens next? Well, then they make it for millionaires, and then they make it for these companies are are they're taking away the incentive for people to invest money i know it's fashionable it sounds great um let, let's go after the rich people they have plenty of money they don't pay their fair share that, that that whole they don't pay their fair share is a lie you know the the top 10% of wage earners in this country pay like 90% of the taxes the income taxes i mean it's a massive amount of money in a city like new york city We have nine million people. A little over sixty thousand of those nine million pay fifty-one plus percent of the city income tax. Sixty—I mean, it's total, complete redistribution. And then you look at what they want to spend the money on. You know, Democrats as they—you know—they're pushing this deal: five hundred and fifty-five billion dollars with a B, five hundred and fifty-five billion on new Green Deal climate spending. Manchin said, I convinced Biden the IRS monitoring bank transactions of $600 is screwed up. It won't be in the final bill, but plan B is anybody that has $10,000 worth of transactions in a year, which is ostensibly the same thing. Joe Manchin's telling colleagues he has deep concerns about just taxing one group of people. Now, the problem is you cannot, it may sound great on paper, but all you're really doing is setting up, legalized stealing of specific groups that's not equal application of our laws and equal justice under the law is going to be a constitutional challenge and i would argue that the case is going to be very strong anyway as he heads off to his uh, little summit in glasgow um you know most americans now see how bad this is becoming for the entire country bernie sanders doubles down on the need for the Bernie Biden manifesto and the need for Medicare benefits, et cetera. Uh, there might be a little bit of a, a brick wall that they're hitting, and that is with the squad members in the Congressional uh, Progressive Caucus saying they'll oppose public works bills until a larger benefits package is finalized. So we'll see how they ultimately respond to the watered down 3.5 trillion, but it's still money we can't afford. Nobody can afford this. You know, uh, Manchin did double down on the importance of protecting the filibuster. He said, in order to save democracy, we better keep the uh, filibuster because, well, there's only one thing that requires us to work together, and right now we're so tribal in Congress that it's unbelievable. It's not who I am. It's not how you get things done. The easy thing to do is get rid of the filibuster and do what you want, but guess what? We Democrats used it tremendously to our advantage against Donald Trump, I'm against getting rid of it now. Manchin saying the debt ceiling hike, by the way, through budget reconciliation is the Democrats' responsibility. Can somebody please tell that to Mitch McConnell, who caved the last time when he didn't need to? Nancy Pelosi calling on Democrats to embrace these the infrastructure bills. You know, we'll see. By the way, there are some Democrats that oppose, you know, these taxes because they understand it's not good for the economy and it's not good for the economy. Um, one note from the Hill today, you know, when you look, it looks like Democrats may have a deal um, and this tax on the super wealthy. You know what what Joe Manchin is saying? I don't think people are paying attention to. I He said the words, I don't like it. He said it this morning. I don't like the connotation that we're targeting different people. In other words, if as long as you pay the same amount in taxes and the same rate as everybody else, and at that point, then you have a system of taxation that is, you know, quote, by definition fair. But once you go out and punish one group of people over another group of people, that's where you run into the constitutional rub. The other dumb idea, and I think it's probably the dumbest idea I've ever had, is unrealized capital gains that they want to tax. That is that, okay, so you make money, you get a salary, you pay your taxes, you save some money, then you invest that money. Maybe it's a 401k or an IRA, or or maybe it's a piece of property or whatever small business you might invest in. And all of a sudden, in comes the federal government, and they say, wow. You invested uh, $1,000, that's worth $5,000 today. Now you've got to pay the capital gains on the $4,000 profit that you made, even though you haven't even realized any profit at that time. I mean, for example, I'm sure everybody listening to me, at some point in your life, you had an item you wanted to put for sale. Maybe it was a used car, and you put a price on that car, and you think that car is worth, you know, $5,000, and then you put the car on the market and you put it in a local newspaper, you put a for sale sign on it, and then all of a sudden people start looking at the car and the offers you're getting are three thousand dollars or thirty five hundred bucks, not five thousand. You think it's worth five, but in reality you can only get three thousand for it. Well, what if you paid capital gains, projected capital gains taxes on that? Was the government now gonna make up the difference? I mean they're turning it into a disaster. Um, one other thing, Politico pointing out Kristen Sinema's push for a more novel tax increase rather than a slate of rate hikes that Democrats have been banking on is raising a lot of complications to the whole process, you know, starting with the billionaire's tax and the capital gains tax and the corporate tax. Democrats are now building a new tax regime on on the fly. Numerous questions over not only how it's going to work, but whether it's constitutional And that's some of the hostility from House Democratic tax writers. They've already approved their package focused on tax rates and they're dropping longstanding plans to roll back former President Trump's cut in the corporate tax rate, something many Democrats had been eager to campaign on anyway. So we're now finding out today a complicated new corporate minimum tax plan that is aimed at preventing companies from erasing their tax bills. I don't know. I mean, it's, it'll it'll be interesting to watch. That's all I can say. I don't know what the outcome of this is going to be. I can tell you that, you know, Biden was a mess last night. We'll get into this later today. we got a new montage to play. He was totally incoherent again last night. And it's now going viral. You know, he mumbles and bumbles and stumbles in every speech, but it got particularly bad last night. In fact, we're taking a page from Terry's book when he was governor and when when he'd be the governor next time. We're emerging from this pandemic. We want to expand pre-K for three and four year olds, millions of uh, students. And the Republican National Committee put out a huh. He's not coherent. Daily Caller even points out it's now mainstream. We were the first one of the first for sure out there on a limb pointing out he's weak and frail and a cognitive mess. But they point out Biden is not in control and the White House is constantly cleaning up Biden's comments. And they're right. They're cleaning him up all the time. You know, for example, the president bowed in that town hall on CNN. You know, he gave a commitment to defend Taiwan from Chinese aggression, said he was considering mobilizing the National Guard to alleviate supply chains uh, Jen Psaki has to go back out on Friday and say, no, never mind. And then you look at the rest of the press. It's not just the daily caller, foxnews.com. Biden being mocked about his incoherent statements last night. And then if you really want to take it the next step, the New York Post has a great piece. Who, who's running Joe Biden? Biden says Trump 24 times in this speech. Donald Trump's not been involved in the Virginia race the commonwealth of virginia he, didn't, he lost that state by 10 points they didn't quite have the issues they have now uh one report out today uh that the person most missing in action in the white house is kamala harris anyway she's nowhere to be found these days joint public events between harris and biden decline amid joe's failing approval ratings you know, as as he's gone down, she's gotten out of the way. They only have a few joint appearances, very rare. Another story about a you know, Kamala Harris looking for lifeboats on Biden's sinking ship. National Republican Committee or NRCC polls shows that the GOP is in the lead over Congress. Uh, if you're if you're Kamala Harris, you want to be associated with Joe Biden? I wouldn't. You know. And now more people say, let's go, Brandon, is uh, an appropriate way to protest the policies of Joe Biden. Well, I guess that's not going to work out too well for Democrats. Democrats reportedly going to scrap the IRS reporting plan. That was new. I already said that. Just a lot happening. But this race in Virginia is going to be fascinating. And do I think Youngkin can win? I do. It's a dead-even race. I don't... And I... I I didn't see crowds big enough that made me think that there is a enthusiasm to get back to McCulloch. You know, McCulloch. You know, by the way, there was one report today that he spent a hundred grand advertising fake news websites on Facebook during the campaign. And anyway, that was on FoxNews.com. The advertisements have been viewed up to three point five million times on a hidden Facebook page with a similar name to a local news website. The ads then link to third-party websites ostensibly publishing local news but exist to promote Democratic candidates. Shocking. This Loudoun County issue now, we have parents demanding the superintendent, the school board, resign after, in fact, yes, that was true, the story about the rape in a bathroom and that the police were investigating it. They denied any knowledge of it. 800 941 Sean our number. You want to be a part of the program. All right, we have Bill O'Reilly, All Things O'Reilly coming up. 800 941 Sean our number. You know, when you look at this, uh, you know, new, I guess, FDA approval for, what, 5 to 11-year-olds getting a vaccine. Um, we have the numbers. I think it's 166 or 62 deaths. It's almost the equivalent of just the regular flu. 0.008% of kids in this age group die from COVID. Almost the exact same number as the flu. Now the question is, where is the science, explain the science that justifies, you know, what will ultimately, I believe, turn into, even though they deny it, they denied it the last time that it wouldn't become a mandate. You know, if this is this now going to be the next mandate, kids 5 to 11 with COVID? when you're dealing with a 0.008% risk for kids? And where's the science that actually shows that it's needed and it's going to help society in any way whatsoever? Anyway, Bill O'Reilly's next, straight ahead.
4: More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
3: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the
4: coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear,